I strayed away and I, and I started getting to the what ifs, you know, I was, uh, I was overtaken. But the Lord reminded me, it's not the what ifs, it's, it's the what was. God uh, walked me through my end of it with, with loving friends that were in the community. Welcome to this week's edition of First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd, looking forward to telling the story today of how a whole family was spared by God's grace following the crash of a small plane. You'll hear their story in their own words. Our program is made possible by the Far East Broadcasting Company, which is proclaiming the gospel in many hard-to-reach places of the world through radio and digital technology. Learn more about FEBC at firstpersoninterview.com. Kent Frazier, his wife Kim, and their five children live in northern Minnesota, where they serve as missionaries to Native Americans in both the U.S. and Canada. Kent is the producer of a radio program called The Storyteller, which you can read about at our website. On a recent trip via a small plane to minister in Canada, there was an accident. Miraculously, no one was hurt. Kent and his wife Kim weren't aboard, but all five children, plus the pilot Dan Hatfield, were. Well, recently the whole family sat down, save 13-year-old Jonathan, who couldn't be with us, in Kent's radio studio, and joined us on mic to discuss what happened that day. Before we meet the whole family, though, I started by talking with Kent about their ministry. Well, we are in northern Minnesota, uh, just north of Bemidji, between Bemidji and the Red Lake Reservation. And uh, back in the uh, early 90s, the Lord directed my wife Kimberly and I to uh, serve among Native North Americans. And uh, that is where the adventure really began. And uh, so that's actually taken us uh, to places uh, across Native North America, we like to say. But uh, Bemidji area is our home. Well, we will talk more specifically about the ministry to Native Americans in just a few minutes. But I've got to get to this story right off the bat because it's such an amazing thing that what your family has survived. Now, um, the area where you live, uh, is it customary for you to to fly and uh, to get from one place to another, at least in some of the more remote areas? Actually, not on the U.S. side, but we travel to Canada. And uh, you probably I, – I know some of your listeners are familiar with uh, – Lake of the Woods area. Once you cross the border uh, north over uh, Fort Francis uh, into the the Lake of the Woods, Rainy River area, you you get into some pretty remote areas. And there are uh, what they call in Canada reserves, First Nation reserves, which would be the equivalent of our Native American reservations that are in some really remote places. And the only way that you can access some of those places is by plane or for a couple months in the winter by winter road or ice road. And uh, so we've done some ministry that has taken us north, uh, but the flying usually is associated with uh, getting into those remote areas. Okay, take me to that day. What what was going on the day that uh, this all happened? Well, we were invited by a, a fella. Um, we were invited by Pastor Jerry Quigwish of the NEFC Church, that's the Native Evangelical Fellowship Church of Canada, a uh, Aboriginal-led church there in the community of Round Lake. And I suppose if your listeners wanted to search that, they could uh, uh, type in Round Lake or Weagamau Lake. It's a remote community. Um, it's one of those places that you can't get to that uh, we were just talking about uh, unless you fly in. And the winter roads were were closing down at this point in time. So... We were invited to come up as a family. One of the the things that the Lord has given us uh, to use is gospel bluegrass music. And uh, so we we drove up to Pickle Lake, Ontario, from the Bemidji area. That was about a 10 and a half hour drive for us. 
And then our friend uh, Dan Hatfield, who's with Nations One for Christ, he's a, a radio ministry partner, as well as a missionary pilot. And uh, he was going to shuttle our family up from Pickle Lake up to uh, Weagamau or Round Lake. And uh, because our family, there's seven of us, and because uh, we have, I think at that on this particular trip, we had uh, 10 instruments along and some sound gear, it was going to take uh, three flights to get us up there. So uh, what happened was on the way up, my wife um, started to have some back trouble. And so mm. that kind of relegated her to uh, going to be on the last flight. And uh, so I went up on the first flight with all the instruments and the pilot. And uh, we we unloaded up there and uh, he was coming back. And it was it was on the return trip that, that he thought, well, the best thing to do is, is probably to bring the kids up. And then uh, if my wife was feeling up to it, he would return at the proper time to pick her up. So uh, that's what happened. We we had an uneventful flight, a beautiful flight, flying over the, the remote bush of uh, northwestern Ontario. And uh, when you look down, all you see are pine trees or, or lakes and uh, just, just vast wilderness. And uh, it was beautiful. So you arrived at your destination. The pilot returns to pick up the children. Tell me the story then what happened from there. Well, I, you know what, uh, this might be a good time to pass it off to Sarah because uh, Sarah was firsthand uh, in the plane. Actually, all the kids were, of course, but, but uh, Sarah, how about you pick it up from here? And, uh, okay, well, let me, let me explain that your whole family's in the studio with you right now. And, and as we speak, uh, you're in your radio studio where you produce the programs there for, for Native American um, listeners. Um, so, Sarah, uh, tell me the story. What happened? Yeah, well, we were... Um, I can just remember being really excited to be going back up to Round Lake um, as a family. We had been there. I think the last time we had been there was five years ago. Um, and so we were really excited to be going back up. And um, so we loaded up the plane and um, climbed in, buckled up our seatbelts, and uh, took off down the runway. As we were lifting up, lifting off um, into the air, uh, we were about 100 feet up when uh, the engine quit. Uh, pilot said, "Uh oh, you you never want to hear your pilot say, uh oh." Um, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so then he tried to switch to the alternate fuel tank, but realizing that um, there wasn't enough time for the fuel to kick in, he um, made a dive for the runway to try to land the plane again. We hit the ground really hard um, and bounced, mm. and uh, one of the tires blew. So you came you came down on the wheels of the aircraft. Yes, yeah, we and. So bounced real hard, and one of the tires blew that caused us to spin, and then we ended up flipping over. <laughs> Next thing we know, we're um, hanging upside down by our seatbelt, sliding across the runway. What is going through your mind? Uh, Sarah, you're there in the studio with your whole family. Uh, right. uh, Sarah, you're the oldest, and then Deborah, and then Abigail, then Daniel, and Jonathan's not there with you now, but she, he's part of the family. You were all aboard that plane. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- what went through your mind at, at the moment of that crash? Well, um, I don't remember being too concerned at first. I mean, we heard the engine quit, but then I knew I could tell that the pilot was um, trying to land the plane again. And I thought we were going to be okay until we bounced really hard on the ground. My brothers fly a flight simulator, and uh, they've told me when I've tried it, they've told me, don't hit the ground real hard or or you'll flip over. Um, And so that started running through my mind that – we hit the ground real hard. Are we going to flip over? And uh, that's what happened. But it, it was all a blur. I just don't 
Um, yeah, and it happened so yeah, fast, didn't it? Yeah. Deborah, let me ask you, was anybody hurt? Praise the Lord. The only thing that um, anybody was hurt was a couple scratches on the elbow and a couple bumps on the head. Um, we all walked out of the plane. I don't think anyone even knew that they had bumps or scrapes until a little bit later. Even the pilot walked away with just, what, minor cuts? Uh, yeah, I think he just had a scratch on his elbow. That was about it. So, yeah. And um, even with all the glass and gravel flying around, it's amazing that nobody was hurt worse than they were. Huh. Abigail, you want to add anything to that that first-person account? Yeah, it was just, it was it was really amazing. There was just no, there was no time to think. Like, we just went down so fast. But um, looking back at the pictures, and and I climbed out of the nice side of the plane, so I, I never saw <laughs> how mangled it was until later in pictures. Oh. But just amazed that, that we weren't any more hurt than we were, and God really protected us. Wow. Well, we will put, uh, Kent, with your permission, we'll put a photo or two on our Facebook page of uh, the, the aftermath of that accident. Daniel, you're 14. You realize you got to start to tell the rest of your life, right? Yeah. Another uh, cool thing about it was everybody who uh, looked at the plane couldn't believe that everybody had walked away. Everybody's saying, um, you know, you're so lucky. We're like, no, uh, we're blessed. We have a God. And uh, if he sees a sparrow falls, he can see an airplane that falls. And uh, he obviously mm. caught us. Mm. It is an amazing story. Okay, Kim, you're, uh, where are you when the accident happened? I was at, um, because of my back, um, I was still at our friend's house. The pilot had come back to the house to say he was just going to take all the kids and come back for me later. So I was at the house and didn't know any of this was happening. Because we've been in Pickle Lake a number of times, we know uh, several people up there. And one of the people we know works at the airport. And the kid said, can you go get mom? So when he came, he says to me, I need to take you to the airport. The plane flipped and it's on the runway, but everyone's okay. Everyone's okay, but I need to take you to the airport. When we got to the airport, I could not see the airplane at first. And um, the kids were all outside of the main building with the EMTs just finishing up. So when I saw everyone, they were all concerned about me and my back getting out of the truck, but they they were all okay, hugging each other, hugging me. It wasn't until I saw the, a picture at first, um, and then I saw the airplane later that I didn't, you know, I had no clue what they had been through until I saw that picture. Yeah, it, re- it really had to hit you hard later when you saw all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kent, uh, you're already uh, at the destination. How long before you heard what happened? Well, we were, uh, the. there was a missionary uh, friend up there who I actually had just met. He um, uh, was the one that I was going to be staying with in the community. And he and I were at the uh, airport, which is just a, a simple strip, you know, not, there's not much to it. And and uh, we're waiting for the flight to come in. And uh, we were waiting and, and waiting. And then we got a, uh, he got a call. Uh, our cell phones don't work up there, but, but uh, he got a call and it was from the pilot. And so uh, Dan, our, our good friend, uh, the pilot, uh, began to, to tell me what was going on. And I think one of the things that really strikes me as I look back and even you know, kind of walking through it in, in, in that moment as he's giving me the, you know, the lowdown, there was only a couple things that I actually uh, could say registered in my mind. The, the plane wrecked, everyone's okay, the plane is totaled, 
Uh, I'm not joking, but everyone is okay. Of course, uh, Dan was was uh, feeling rather bad about uh, the whole thing because of having the, the kids in there. But there was there was, you know, this was all of the Lord. Him even being able to get it down before it it uh, ended up where there was no runway, um, and and perhaps having to go off a a very steep uh, embankment or into trees or something. It it could have been another story. There was fuel leaking. Sure, there was all sorts of things that. Uh, we could see the hand of God. And, and I have to say, though, as this, this word is being broken to me, uh, this this new friend of mine uh, put his hand on me and uh, he said, Brother, let's pray. And tears filled his eyes and he just started to, to minister to me in prayer. And I have to tell you, uh, and, and there's only one way to explain it, but I just had this amazing peace. And this peace stayed with me right throughout the day. And even though I wasn't in a position to be able to be with my family, God was with me. And we sent out uh, communication to our, our prayer team and people were praying. And and uh, that to me is one of the, the great miracles of this whole thing, uh, that God supernaturally comes into our, our difficult moments like that. And uh, he walks with us. And I felt that. Now I, I'm I'm not going to pretend that I didn't have tough tough moments when I strayed away and I and I started to get into the what ifs, you know I was uh, I was overtaken. But but the the Lord reminded me it's not the what ifs it's it's the what was, and uh, and I'm just so thankful God uh, walked me through my end of it with with loving friends that were in the community, of people who were concerned and and uh, the story ended very very well. We'll continue talking with the whole Frazier family and hear more of their incredible story coming up today on First Person. This is Ed Cannon, president of Far East Broadcasting Company. The interview we're listening to reminds me of the remarkable way that God uses those who follow Christ to do great things for Him. At FEBC, we broadcast in nearly 50 countries of the world. Our staff always speaking in the local language, sharing the gospel, and teaching the word to millions every day. If you'd like to know more about FEBC, please click on the FEBC banner at firstpersoninterview.com. Today on First Person, we are hearing the story of the Fraser family in Minnesota, ministering to uh, Native Americans, First Nation people in Canada, and an airplane accident with all five children aboard, and all five survived with merely scratches. <laughs> it's an amazing story of God's protection, and you can find out more about this at our website and our Facebook page. But uh, on the line with me, actually, they're in their studio. Uh, when we're talking studio to studio here, me in Chicago, and they're in Minnesota. But uh, Kent Frazier is here, his wife Kim, and then Daniel, Abigail, Deborah, and Sarah here. Jonathan is not with us at the moment, but. All the five children survived this uh, this accident. Uh, Kent, you had to fly home. Any hesitancy to get back in an airplane? You know what? Um, I, really not, because uh, I've been in in difficult traveling situations before. The Lord has taught me just to to uh, be ready to go, and so. Uh, but I, I will say, He gave me a a song, a hymn that came to my mind that was just, and it was one about peace that just kept rolling through my mind and. I remember looking down when we got to about the the uh, the height that, that uh, we had heard that the, the their plane had started to go down and and uh, was was just feeling the presence and peace of the Lord and 
And uh, he's he's yeah. walked us through all of it, even the return flight back to be with my family. Great lessons, aren't they? Um, amazing. Kim, any hesitancy on your part to fly? No, I don't think so. In fact, we had to make the decision the next day about whether we were going to f- continue on the uh, family, the rest of the family fly up to Round Lake to be with Kent. And um, my back was feeling much better. And so I told the kids, you know, if you guys want to go, I'm ready to go with you. And I I did not have any hesitation um, but I wasn't in that situation, so so I didn't. We ended up deciding to stay back at Pickle Lake, uh, the kids and I. The four of them were willing to go, but one of them said, just because we're willing, we might not like it. And um, there was just hesitancy, and so we talked about it, prayed about it, and we just decided that um, everyone should just stay in Pickle Lake and just relax. And once the decision was made, everyone just kind of let down and, and um, you could just feel a calmness come over everyone after that point. Sounds like a good decision to me. Mm -hmm. Let me turn back to the family there. Um, I'm not sure who to address this to, whether it's uh, Sarah, Deborah, or Abigail or Daniel, but any particular verse of scripture come to mind? Anyone want to volunteer a a verse that you've been thinking about since this, uh, this accident that, that turned out uh, not to harm anyone. Yeah, Abigail has something here. So um, the night of the accident, I was uh, sitting in my bed, and I just uh, went to Psalm 91 and was reading, um, You shall not be afraid of the terror that of the terror at night or the destruction that lays waste at noonday. And I just thought, wow, our plane took off shortly after noon, and so the accident happened right after noon. And... Um, and then later on it says, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Um, in their hands they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Or, in our case, your head against the cockpit. <laughs> um, yeah. But the passage has come up so many different times, um, just in relation to the crash, and also outside of the crash, but just recently. And it's been really cool to see God work uh, with that. Yep, and I appreciate that. And aren't you glad that angels know how to fly? Yeah, sure am. <laughs> okay, this is Deborah, and um, as the plane um, had flipped and was skidding across the runway, as the glass and the gravel was um, filling the cockpit, we just started screaming for Jesus, just crying out to Him to help us, um, and He did. And you know, so much of this story of you know the, those few seconds there is a blur. Um, but the pilot said even he remembers hearing um, hearing us call out to Jesus, and it was it's just a testimony to see um, God's power at work there. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit uh, for the time remaining here, uh, Kent and Kim. I want to talk about your ministry that takes you there in the first place. It, it's such an amazing ministry. Uh, go into more detail, Kent. What what are you able to do? And I know it involves radio. Yeah, radio is uh, one of the big things that that. Uh we do. Uh, we're with a little ministry called Without Reservation. There's uh, just three family units: our our friends, the Pollocks and Tappers. Uh, but uh, we're we're really um, what the the work that we're doing is is sharing the gospel with Native North Americans. We're encouraging believers to go on uh, with the Lord, and we're looking to come alongside of other ministries that that are like minded that we can help with the different gifts and abilities mm-hmm. that we have and. One of the things that we do is uh, the the storyteller radio program, which is 
been uh, referred to or likened to a native unshackled. And it's simply yeah. Native North Americans sharing how they came to put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord is blessed. We're heard in about 400 communities. About half of those are Native communities um, where the program's aired on the Native networks. And uh, we're, we're really uh, pleased that the Lord has given us that opportunity. It helps us to help Native people be the ministers to their own people. Mm-hmm. They become the messengers. They're the ones who can help dispel some of the, the myths that are out there. Uh, for instance, that uh, Christianity is the white man's gospel, white man's religion. So it's an effective tool for you. And I, I've gone to your website and listened to some of these stories. They're very well told. As a matter of fact, with your permission, I'd like to share just a, a few moments of one of those stories right now, just to give our listeners a sense of what you do on your radio programs, The Storyteller. So here's a, just a sample of that program. And I started to shake my fist at him and I I said, I know that you're there. And if you really do exist and if you really are real, why can't I see you? Why can't I hear you? Why can't I touch you? And why can't I feel you in my life? And I said, if you really are a God, then then you would you would make yourself real to me. Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. Today we'll hear from a woman who is crying out to God from a heart filled with desperation. Hi, my name is Karen, and I'm a, a member of the Lakota Sioux on the Cheyenne River Reservation in South Dakota. And as a young girl, I grew up, uh, I was born and raised on the Cheyenne River Reservation, and and um, my idea and my, my picture of um, who I was as an individual, and um, I grew up um, having a um, heart full of just hate and bitterness for those that lived in our community that weren't uh, Native American. Well, that is just a sample of The Storyteller, a great radio program that is produced by Ken Frazier. And it is a family affair, isn't it, Ken? It sure is. When uh, we were sent out uh, to serve the Lord, uh, it was just Kim and I, but but God has multiplied the ranks and uh, he's given us these five beautiful children and each has a heart to serve the Lord and and uh, has willingly uh, put their hand to the plow. We don't know what the future holds for, for any of them, but uh, in this season... Uh, they've been a real asset to the work. We thank God for you, Kent and Kim, and uh, all of you, Daniel, Abigail, Deborah, Sarah, Jonathan. Thank you all for what you're doing, how you're spending your lives for the gospel. It's uh, it's an amazing story, and we're so glad that you're here to tell the story after that accident. Kent, thank you. You're very welcome. One more thing, the whole Frazier family are quick to praise the skill of the pilot, Dan Hatfield, of the ministry Nations One for Christ, who somehow managed to bring that plane down in a way that no one was hurt. What an amazing story of God's grace and protection. We've posted a picture of the crashed plane at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Again, that's facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Plus, you can read more about the Frazier family and their ministry to Native Americans at firstpersoninterview.com. Next week, our guest will be Nick Hall, the founder of a youth movement known as Pulse, and we'll learn about a massive rally planned for Washington, D.C. in a few weeks. 
Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time for First Person.